two twins. One who possesses strength, wits, intelligence, and charisma. The other, well, they are left wanting. Convinced that his twin brother stole what should have rightfully been shared, stolen from him at birth, and to be remembered as the man who everyone pitied, as the man left wanting for more in life and himself. These thoughts circled in the mind of Matt, Stuart's twin brother, consuming his sanity as every hour of every day ticked on by in Nocturne. And the skyscraper business is doing oh so well, until they start falling from the heavens one by one. Oh, it's an accident, they say. Merely a coincidence, they mutter. But two insurance officers, I mean, detectives, are sent on a mission to find the truth. And mates, they find the truth. In Skyscraper Mystery, welcome my loveliest of lovelies to another set of old-time radio episodes from The Haunting Hour. As I mentioned last episode, unfortunately no shoutouts, but I'll be back in the swing of things next week, packed full of creepy stories, mates, just for you. So turn off the lights, turn up the sound, and ask yourself... If you had an identical twin, and I mean 100% identical, how could others tell you apart? Enjoy, you brilliant listeners, and have a fantastic weekend. Exceedingly strange is this world, and of all the things in it, the strangest to the ways of men. There are those who harbor a bitterness, along whose network of nerves, taught as fiddle strings, lurks the primordial passion which branded Cain. And there are those whose thoughts are like lighted shadows against the stars, and the fiber of whose individuality throbs to beauty and the revelation of music. This is the story of two men, and of the role a piece of music and a searing flame played in their destiny. Stuart Bannock, twin brothers held together by the tenuous cobweb of blood ties that poles apart in the warp of their lives. Matt, brooding and neurotic. Stuart, teeming with vigor, brilliant as a shaft of morning sunlight. That is Stuart playing. You're always playing that infernal piece. Why, Stuart, why? Matt, you've asked me that before. I like it. It's my favorite. You'd understand if you were a musician. That's right. Rub it in. 
You're a musician, I'm not. I can't play a note. So you're talented and I'm not. You didn't mean it that way. You're admired by everyone and I'm not. And no matter what you meant. The fact is, I'm just a forgotten half of twin brothers. Everything conspires against me. Matt, come on, you... Just haven't found yourself yet, that's all. Haven't found myself. I find that I've been robbed. Robbed? Yes, my dear Stuart, robbed. And apparently there's nothing I can do about it. What are you talking about? Matt, you've never said anything to me about it. When did it happen? When we were born. Afraid I don't follow you. That's the trouble. I followed you. You were born first, ahead of me. <laughs> sure. Sure, by all of ten minutes, but what of it? I don't see that that means anything. Oh, naturally, you wouldn't. Those who ride never understand why those who walk are foot sore. Those who possess don't understand the hunger of those in want. Matt, you're talking in riddles. What are you trying to say? I say you're a robber, a thief. I... Yes, you, uh... my own twin brother. You're stolen from me. Matt, I... I don't understand. What have I taken from you? Talent. Personality. Intangible things that mark the difference between one man and another. Talent. Personality. Afraid I'm confused. I don't know what you're talking about. Did you ever wonder why people have no trouble telling us apart? No, I can't say that I have. Look, here we are, twins. Identical twins. We look alike in every respect. Yet no one ever calls you Matt or me Stuart. Do you know why? Why? Because they can sense the difference between us, that's why. Because the man who has and the man has, has not. I don't look so amazed, Stuart. It's true. You're the one who has, and I'm the one who has not. And the things I lack are the qualities you have in overabundance. Strength. Imagination. Vigor and talent. All the things that you've robbed from me. Matt, you're not making sense. Oh, yes, I am. I thought it all out carefully. I've had years to do it, Stuart, and now I know. Now, now you know what? That a person is born with just so much luck or strength or talent. With twins, it has to be divided. There isn't quite enough of everything to go around, so one twin takes more than his fair share. He robs the other, just as you've robbed me, Stuart. What a theory, Matt. It's a fact. fact from which there can be only... only one escape for me. <laughs> Mavis? Yes, Matt? I... Well, that is, you look very lovely today. Oh, thank you, kind sir. Then, well, you're always beautiful. <laughs> Such flattery. It isn't flattery, you know I mean it. Mavis, you know how I feel about you. Please, Matt, we've gone all through that before. I can't help it, Mavis, I love you. I'd do anything for you. I'd even kill for you. Matt! Yes, I'd kill for you. I can't stand the thought of some other man possessing you. I tell you, I won't allow it. Please, please, Matt. You're, you're all excited. Well, why shouldn't I be? You expect me to stand by and do nothing while another man steals all the things that I want? No one is taking anything from you, Matt. I just don't love you. That's all. Tell me the truth, Mavis. Is there someone else? <sighs> yes. I thought so. I thought so. He always stands in the way of my happiness. He? 
But I haven't said who it is. You don't have to. I know. <laughs> well, then you must be psychic. Don't joke, Mavis. It isn't funny. Not to me. I'm sorry. Everyone is always sorry for me. Poor Matt, they say. He's not at all like Stuart, his twin brother. Oh, poor Matt. Isn't it too bad he isn't a musician, too? Oh, poor Matt. Oh, Matt, a... Matt, please. It's Stuart you love, isn't it? I... I didn't say You don't have to. I can see it in your eyes. Why are you afraid to tell me? I... I don't know. Maybe it's because of what I see in your eyes. I'll tell you what. I'll make you a promise. As soon as the news of my engagement is ready to be released, you'll be the first to know. Thanks. No. Now you feel like killing anyone? Yes, more than ever. Mavis? Yes, Stuart? I... Well, that is, you look very lovely today. Uh, thank you, kind sir. But then you're... Well, you're always beautiful. Uh-huh. Mavis, what's the matter? You look faint. Oh, it... It's nothing. I... I just remembered something that someone else said. You mean there are others crazy enough to think you're beautiful, too? So I've been led to believe. <laughs> I thought I was the only one. You are the only one. Oh, Mavis, Mavis, darling. I love you. And I love you. Oh, this is wonderful. You're wonderful. Everything's wonderful. I want to tell the whole world about us. Oh, but I, I promised to let someone be the first to know. Who is it? Anyone I know? It's a, um, Stuart. Hmm? You will be careful, won't you? Careful? Careful of what, dear? Of, uh, uh... Oh, oh, it's nothing. I I guess I'm just being silly. No, no, you're adorable. Come here. <laughs> Still feel silly? No, no. Oh, but, Stuart, darling... Yes, dear? Do be careful. For my sake, please... I said, who's there? Guy. Oh, Matt. Had me worried for a moment. I didn't know who it was. Guess I'm kind of nervous tonight. Mavis said something about being... Well, Matt. Matt, what's that you're carrying? A bottle. What's in it? A liquid? <laughs> a what? Gasoline. Matt! Matt, what's the big idea? See this match in my hand? You... That ought to give you your answer. Matt, that's dangerous. For you, not for me. What are you saying? You won't rob me this time, Stuart. You've taken talent and personality from me. Now you want the girl I love. But I can't stand the thought of some of the men possessing me, Mavis, I tell you, and I won't allow it. That I didn't know. Well, you do now. I'm going to set the house on fire, and you're going to be burned alive, dear brother. Matt. You can't get out. The flames left you trapped there in the corner, but I can get out. I'm standing here by the door. Matt! Don't strike that match. Goodbye, Stuart. I'm paying you back for robbing me. Matt, all I have to do is throw the burning match into the liquid at your feet. Like this. Oh, my face. 
Exploding my face. I, I can't see. Max! 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 Where are you? Sir! by being born a twin. He sets fire to the Bannock house to kill Stuart, but he too is trapped in the flames. One man leaps from the burning building. Which is it? Matt or Stuart? And the chief says there's no doubt it was a case of arson. That's so? Yep. We found a fellow who sold the gasoline. He swears it was Matt Bannock who bought it. He's positive, huh? Yep. Says he knew both Stuart and Matt all their lives. Has never mistaken one for the other. Mm. Makes the case pretty easy then, doesn't it, Kelly? Bain, how long you been on the arson squad? Oh, about two months. Well, Bain, when you've been on it as long as I have, you'll know there's no such thing as a really easy case. We've got the survivor, haven't we? Yep. Got him under guard in the hospital. Then all we have to do is identify him. What's so tough about that? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. Except the guys were identical twins and this fellow's badly banged up. And nobody knows whether it's Matt or Stuart. No way of identifying him. By fingerprints or something? No, we've checked everywhere. Their prints have never been filed. Well, I, uh... Yeah, go on. I'm listening. Oh, why can't we get him to talk and identify himself? We've tried that. He talks all right. He'll talk your arm off if you let him. But getting him to make sense, <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> Mavis. Mavis? Yes? I want Mavis. I love Mavis, will you? You tell her that when you see her. Yes, I'll, I'll tell her. Make her come to me. 
Without her, I'm lost, and everything is wasted. Don't try to rest, please. You're not like me. Shh, shh. Now, you must be quiet so you can get well. Shall I tell you a secret? I love her. Everybody loves her, but I love her most. She, she loves you, too. How do you know? Who told you? Go away. Tell Mavis I want her. I'll bring her to you if you just go to sleep. And when you wake, you'll be... She'll be here beside you. Tell her I love her. I'll sleep if you promise to tell Mavis I love her. Yes. Yes, I promise. Now, close your eyes. And that's how he can't get him to identify himself. He doesn't talk sense. His mind's deranged. I see. Well, you got any more brilliant ideas on how we can find out if he's Matt or if he's Stuart? Well, uh, uh... Go on, I'm still listening. I got nothing else to do. Have you asked the doctors at the hospital how long it'll be before he recovers his senses? Of course we asked the doctors. That's one of the first things we did when we found we couldn't get anything out of the man ourselves. what they say? Oh, they were very helpful. Very helpful indeed. They said as far as they could tell, he might be like that the rest of his life. Hey, that's tough. And then again, he might snap out of it at any time. A shock or something might restore his mind to normal. That gives us some hope. Uh, see, Kelly, uh, do you mind if I go along with you the next time you go to the hospital to see him? No, not at all, not at all. What have I got to lose? There it is. 8.02. This is room. Wasted. Wasted, I tell you. She won't let it. She won't let it. She's good. Listen to she her. She won't. Dark most of the time. Lights go out. She makes it bright again. Tell her to make it bright again. Tell Hello. Her. Someone's here. How are you feeling? I don't know you. Who are you? Oh, just a couple of friends. Who are you? You wouldn't understand. It's the darkness, but she makes it bright. Poor devil. She's Mavis, and I... You're mad. I... You're mad, aren't you? I'm mad? I'm mad. Huh? I'm tired. I'm tired. But you are Matt Bennett. We know that now. I love Mavis. I... Stop laughing. You're Matt Bennett. You know you are. No, I am? I am Matt Bannock? Yes. Yes, I am Matt Bannock. I'm Matt Bannock, and I've been robbed. Mavis. Mavis makes the darkness bright. Stop that. I... Now repeat after me. I am Matt Bannock. Go on, say it. I... I am... I... It's no use, Ben. It's Craig. I think he's faking. What's your name? I... I'm Stuart Bannock. I'm Stuart Bannock and I have everything. What's your name? I'm Matt Bannock. I'm Matt. I've been robbed of my head. What's your name? I love Mavis. I love Mavis because she makes everything right. Oh, I give up. He's I right. love her. Yeah, but I let's love, get out of here. I love Mavis. Well, Matt Bannock or Stuart Bannock, whichever he is, is leaving the hospital today. <sighs> Girl Mavis has taken him to her home. Why? Well, it seems she and Stuart became engaged the very day of the fire. 
She doesn't know whether this fellow is Matt or Stuart, but she isn't taking any chances. You know how loyal women can be. Yeah. I'd like to forget the whole case, but the chief won't stand for that. He won't rest or let us rest till he proves who the survivor is. Yeah. But even if he is Matt, we can't get a conviction. The man is mentally unbalanced. Or else he's putting on a darn good act. And an act always has a flaw that shows up in time. But whatever it is, he's still getting away with murder. You're home now. This is your new home. Home? Yes. I am home. Yes. This is where you'll get well and strong again. Strong? I will be strong again. You see? You've spoken two rational sentences in succession. Oh. Maybe the association of ideas and objects will help. Come along. Come along with me. That's it. I like to be home. I like to be home. Now, sit right down here. That's it. Look what's in front of you. See? The piano. Piano? Yes. A piano. Play it. Play the piano. Piano. Watch me. See? Like this. Now you do that. Piano. Here. Let me help you. Put your hands on the keys. Like this. Now play. Please. Please try. Try again. Drink this glass of milk. If you see Mavis, you tell her I love her. Yes, I'll tell her. But first take this glass. There, that there. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Everyone is always sorry for me. What? I don't want to drink this. I'm tired. I'm tired of this. Oh, you sound like me. Tired of it all. Rob. Robbed of talent and personality. Oh, no, no, it can't be. I said robbed. Don't wave your arm like that. You'll have to upset the table. I can't stand the thought of some other man possessing Mavis. That's worse. Rob. He said that the day you... I won't allow it. Oh, be careful. That table, there's a burning chafing dish on it. I tell you, I won't allow it. Oh, the table. Now you've overturned it. I won't allow it. The rug. The rug is on fire. It's on fire. Get out of the way. Get out of the way while I put out this fire. Oh, my God. 
and of all the things in it, the strangest are the ways of men. This is the story of two men, and of the role a piece of music and a searing flame played in their destiny. Two men, Matt and Stuart Bennett, twin brothers, held together by the tenuous cupboard of blood ties, but poles apart in the warp of their lives. Matt, brooding and neurotic. Stuart, teeming with vigor, brilliant as a shaft of morning sunlight. Shadows and stillness, mystery weaves a spell of strangest fascination, charging the mind with doubts and fears. For mystery is a strange companion, a living memory in the haunting hour. stillness of this moment, for this is a time of mystery, a time when imagination is free and moves forward swiftly, silently. This is The Haunting Hour. Skyscraper Mystery. It is lunch hour on the crowded downtown street of a great American city. Come on, Sadie. Let's go into this store. I've simply got to get a dress today. Oh, gee, yes, well, I'd love to. I'm sorry, I'd love to. But I've been out of the office an hour now. My boss will be awful mad if I don't get back. Oh, come on, Sadie. It'll only take me a minute. I hear they got some wonderful pies. Maybe you can pick up something yourself? Well, I do need another dress. I simply haven't a thing to wear. I want... Hey, oh, what is it? It's a man falling from that building. Regional Insurance Company Executive Office. One moment, please. I'll connect you. Regional Insurance Company Executive Office. I'm sorry, sir. Mr. Sanford is making no appointments today. Yes, sir. I'll be glad to see you. Well, why don't I BS himself wants to talk to us, Maggie? I have the faintest idea, Steve, but it must be important. Otherwise, we wouldn't be called up to the front office like this. Mm. Mr. Daly? Oh, yeah. Miss West? Yes, that's right. Mr. Sanford will see you now. 
Come on, Maggie. And uh, keep your fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Sit down. Oh, yes, thank, thank you. Thank you. I've been informed that you two are the best special investigators on the company staff. Oh, well, I... Oh, I've got a special assignment I want you two to work on right away. Uh, yes, Mr. Sanford? I want you to look into these window cleaner accidents. They've cost our company a lot of money in claims already, and we may have to pay much more. Then you think they may not be accidental? I don't know, Miss West. That's what I want you and Mr. Daly here to find out. Steve, I've just got to report. No window cleaner has died by accidental fall in over ten years. Thank you, Maggie. Yeah. And yet three of the poor devils hit the pavement in the last two weeks. Could be coincidence. It could. Could be something else. Look, Maggie, add this up now. There are only two big contract window cleaning companies in town, Intercity and Superba. They're bitter competitors. Between them, they handle all the skyscraper business in town, and the business runs into millions of dollars. Well? Well, doesn't it strike you as peculiar that all the accidents have happened to the Intercity company, the firm we insure, and none to Superba? Mm. Oh, I don't know. That could be coincidence, too. Yeah, that's just it. Case is full of coincidences, too, for. What are we going to do about it? I think we ought to drop down to the Intercity Company and have a little talk with a man in charge. You understand, Mr. Daly, Miss West, I'm just the superintendent of Intercity Company. The firm is actually owned by hundreds of stockholders and operated by a board of directors. I see. Do you uh, mind if we ask you a few questions, Mr. Cooper? Not at all. I'll do anything. Anything that will help stop these terrible accidents. Then you think they were accidents? I'm afraid they were, Miss West. I don't understand why they happened, but they couldn't have been anything else. Why do you say that, Mr. Cooper? Well, when the men fell from the windows, they were wearing their safety belts. And they were in perfect condition. Yes, that's right. That's what the police report says. Oh, what about the bolts and the sides of the windows where the cleaners hook in their belts? They hadn't been tampered with. They were in perfect shape. Then you think your man plunged to their death just through carelessness? I... I don't like to admit it, Mr. Daly, but I can't see what else it could have been. But aren't your men trained to be careful? Yes, they're trained to be very careful. They have to be. That's what I don't understand. These three men were old-timers for the Intercity Company. I knew them all well. I knew their wives and their families, too. I... Well, it hit me pretty hard personally, Mr. Daly. They were friends of mine. Of course, I can understand that. Well, how have these accidents affected the company's business, Mr. Cooper? We're taking a beating, Miss West. We've lost two big contracts to Suburban already. We may lose a third. If that one goes over to our competitor, well, I I don't see how we can stay in business. You see, the skyscraper people in town don't like all that unfavorable publicity. Yes, I read that the exchange building and Midtown Towers went over to Suburban. That's only one of our troubles, Mr. Daly. We're losing men to Suburban, too. We can't hire any more. What do you mean? The window cleaners think our company is jinxed. They're very superstitious. We're having all kinds of trouble hanging on to them. Of course, you insurance people are in on the picture now, too. Uh, Not that I blame you, We're just trying to get to the bottom of these tragedies. Of course. All of us would like to. I've been in this business 20 years, and I've never seen a mess like this. If this keeps up, we'll have to sell out the Superba for a song. They've got our backs to the wall now. Excuse me, please. Hello? Oh, yes, Mr. Bates. Yes. I'll be right down. More bad news. What is it? The board of directors is holding a special meeting, and they want me to appear. It looks as though they're going to put me on the carpet. <laughs> I'll be lucky if I have a job when I come out. Good luck, Mr. Cooper. 
thanks, Miss West. Oh, if there was only something I could tell them. There was only something I could do to straighten out this mess. When will you fellas learn to stop pestering me? I'm not in the market for any more insurance. That's final. Now get out. Just a minute, Mr. Carney. You may own the Superba Company, but you can't talk to me like that. Mr. Carney, we're not insurance agents. We're investigators. Well, what do you want of me? It concerns the little matter of those intercity company window cleaners suddenly dropping from skyscrapers. I see. But why come here to Superba? Our window cleaners aren't suffering any accidents. Why don't you go to see the intercity people? We've already been there. That still doesn't explain why you came to see me. We, um, we don't quite understand, Mr. Carney, why their men are having all the accidents and not yours. Look here, Daly, what are you implying? Why, nothing, Mr. Carney. We just thought that you might have an idea. I haven't any idea. I run my own business, a superb company. What's going on at Intercity doesn't concern me, and I'm not interested. Is that clear? It's, uh, clear enough, but we've heard that you may be interested in the Intercity company very shortly. What do you mean? Well, it's common knowledge that the intercity people have lost several contracts to you. If they lose a few more, they may be forced to sell out to you. I'm not in the habit of discussing my business with anybody. I haven't any information to give you, and I wouldn't if I could. Now get out. I'm a busy man. Phew, just a nice, sweet, lovable man, is Mr. Carney. Yes, isn't he? We certainly didn't get very far with him, Maggie. Because we haven't gotten very far anywhere. Steve, what are we going to say to the boss? I don't know. Looks like we're licked. We just haven't got a leap to go on. But we just can't go into the boss to Mr. Stanford and tell him the only reason we found for the accidents was carelessness. Wait for us. Yes, I guess he would. But Maggie, what other reason could there be? The man slip and fall, their equipment checks okay, the police put every one of them down as accidental death. Who are we to say no? Still. Still what? Well, I just can't get over those statistics. No window cleaner falls in ten years. Then in two weeks, three of them drop. And all with the intercity company, too. Oh, it must be coincidence. Yes, maybe. Well, maybe you're right. Here's the regional insurance bill, mister. Huh? Oh, okay, Donna. Here you are. I keep the change. Thanks. Well, Steve, I suppose we might as well report to the front office. Yes. Steve! What is it? Up there, that window in our old building! Hey, look up! Wait, Mike, right through the awning and onto the sidewalk. Oh, horrible. Hey, it's another window cleaner. All right, Maggie, all right. Pull yourself together, Maggie. We've got work to do. Steve, Come on, we're going up into our building and find the office that poor devil dropped off. 
you know the office this window cleaner dropped from Harrison? Uh, yes, Mr. Daly. I, I passed by it not five minutes ago and saw him doing the window. This is a 30-second story. Oh, I thought someone had a chance. I'll say you didn't. Oh, did you find out anything by talking to the elevator boys, Maggie? No. None of them delivered anybody on this floor or picked anybody up in the last five minutes. You see, Mr. Daly, there hasn't been any business done on this floor in the past month. The whole bookkeeping department used to be here, but they moved it down two floors. Oh, here's the office. Hey, Maggie. Yes? Now there's a faint odor in here, the odor of some chemical. Oh, yes. That's funny. It's kind of a... What kind of a hospital smell? I'd say it was some kind of cleaning antiseptic, Miss West. You see, the scrub women were in here a half hour ago. Oh, oh, I see. Well, then it must have been the soap or cleaning solution they use. No, it's not familiar to me. Oh, Steve, look. There's the window washer's pail and sponge on the windowsill just as he left it. Yes. Hey, wait a minute. That's funny. What's funny? The pail's on the outside sill of the window. What of it? Well, look at the window, Maggie. It's already been washed on the outside. The man was working on the inside when he was... When he was interrupted. He must have been. Good heavens, Mr. Daly. Then how could he fall out? That's what I'd like to know. The fact that it took place in an empty office is interesting, too. Just the place for a nice, quiet... Maggie. I want you to do a little research for me in a hurry. What? Check back on every accident of this kind that's happened. Find out which offices these poor devils fell from. Then call me the moment you're through. But, Steve, what? I've just a hunch I've got, Maggie. But if it's true... Okay, Steve, I'm on my way. Hello? Steve, this is Maggie. I think I've got something. Yes? Every one of those accidents took place from the window of an empty office. Just what I thought. What, Steve? Murder, Maggie. Murder. Steve Daly and Maggie West, special investigators for the regional insurance company, have been set out to determine the cause of a series of mysterious accidents which have taken place among the skyscrapers of the city. In the short space of two weeks, four window cleaners have plunged to their death. Now the two investigators have discovered that the men did not plunge far down into the street by accident, but were murdered. Well, here we are again, Maggie. Look. We know these men were murdered. The window in our building and the fact that all the offices from which these window washers fell were empty proves that. Yes. Naturally, the killer would pick a time when the cleaners were working in empty offices. We knew he wouldn't be disturbed. Oh, gee, I wonder who he is, Steve. Well, if we knew that, we'd know everything. At least the motive seems to be a simple one, to ruin our client, the Intercity Company. Hmm. And incidentally, to ruin us. We're paying out claims in four of these accidents now. The boss is raising. Yes, I know. He wants results. And quick. But good heavens, Steve, we can't watch every skyscraper in the city. Of course we can, Maggie. We are looking for a needle in a haystack. Oh, as I see it, we've got only one chance. What's that? Did you ever hear the old saying, if the mountain doesn't come to Muhammad, then Muhammad must go to the mountain? Mm-hmm. But I don't see where it applies here. What do you mean, Steve? I mean that I'm going to ask Cooper at the Intercity Company for a job washing windows. What? Yes, if I can't find this skyscraper killer, maybe he'll look me up. Oh, now, Steve, for heaven's sake, you must be out of your mind. Maybe. 
It might work. But you don't know the first thing about window cleaning. Well, I could learn. It doesn't look very complicated. Oh, now listen, Steve. I won't let you do it. Sticking your neck out like that, why, it's, well, it's perfectly ridiculous. What well, isn't only the chance you'll be taking running into the murderer, it's the idea of working 30 and 40 stories above the street. <laughs> don't worry, Maggie. High places don't bother me. Why, I used to be a champion high diver when I was a kid. <laughs> I can't give you a job with my outfit. This idea of yours, well, it's fantastic. Perhaps, Cooper, but it might work. And it's our only chance. But you've never had any experience. Oh, now, how long does it take a green man to break into this business? Well, a couple of weeks. But it isn't the work itself. It's the idea of being careful. Now, don't you worry about that, Cooper. I'll be careful, believe me. Taking an old dive from a skyscraper into a hard street isn't exactly my idea of a nice way to leave this mortal coil. You'd be running a dangerous risk. Not just from the work alone, but if, as you say, there's a killer running around loose. Well, your own men are running the same risk every day. Yes, I know. All right, then. How about that job? Okay, Daly, I'll give you the job. But it's against my better judgment. I, well, I just want to say that you've got plenty of courage to stick your neck out like this. I admire you for it. Uh, thanks. Oh, uh, who's the man I report to? Oh, oh Joe Lane, our crew boss. I was wanting to put you on and report to him here at 8 tomorrow. Fine. And, um, I wouldn't tell him who I am. As far as Lane is concerned, I'm just an unemployed looking for a job as a window cleaner. All right. There's only one thing I'm asking you to do, Daly. Yes? What's that? Be careful. Be very careful. <laughs> Morning, are you Joe Lane? Yep. Well, my name's Daly, Steve Daly. Oh, yeah, the boss told me about you. So you want to be a window cleaner, huh? Well, yes, I could use the job. Well, you don't look like a man that can do hard work. And window washing's hard work, Daly. Oh, uh, I'm not afraid of it. You know, I hear they're hiring laborers to work on that new subway. Maybe you'd like that kind of work better, huh? <laughs> no, I uh, like it out in the open air. Look, bud, I'm just trying to tip you off to something. Tip me off? To what? It ain't healthy to work for this outfit. We're in a city right now. We've had quite a few accidents. Well, I suppose accidents will happen. Okay, suit yourself. You want to work for us, we can use you. I'll break you in on the ground floor windows first, and then you work upward. You're as green as they come, but I haven't any choice. I'm just telling you one thing. Yes? What's that? Be careful. tired, I guess. Now, I've been using a lot of muscles that never belonged to me. I... <laughs> By the way, young lady, you partly touched your foot, either. I'm too scared. Scared? About what? About you? I haven't had a good night's sleep in the three weeks you've been working for Inner City. Oh, now, wait a minute, Maggie. And last night I had a terrible dream. I dreamed that, that you were a human fly. A, a what? A human fly. You were climbing up the wall of a new skyscraper, a hundred stories high, and, and there was one little window at the top you had to clean before you quit. Well, it, it looked like a little evil eye shining down at you, mocking you. Well, there you were, climbing up the side of that blank wall, and, and you'd almost reached the little window, 
when you started to slide back down. You slipped further and further, and, and then suddenly you couldn't hang on anymore and fell into thin air. Oh, that's a great place to stop. What happened then? I don't know. I Well, I woke up while you were still falling down. Oh. Oh, Steve, why don't you quit? Nothing's happened to you. Let's keep it that way. No, nothing's happened to me, but uh, we've got one result anyway. What's that? There hasn't been an accident in three weeks. Oh, and you think the killer's lying low? Yeah, but only for the time being. I'm quite sure he'll strike again. Mm-hmm. And you may be just the one he's looking for. Well, if he's interested, he'll find me on the 40th floor of the Syndicate building tomorrow. Well, that's the outside. Now for the inside of this window. Daily. Keep facing that window. Oh. You're the man I've been looking for. <laughs> Not exactly. You're the man I've been looking for. No, keep your hands up or I'll drill you with this gun. I, I see you picked a nice empty office where you wouldn't be interrupted. Naturally, my friend. Naturally. What? What are you going to do now? Don't you know, Daly? You're going for a ride. A one-way ride. You'll never get away with this, Cooper. Oh, so you recognize my voice. You'll never get away with it. They'll get you sooner or later. Oh, no, my friend, I disagree. When you have uh, slipped and fallen to the street below, the police will call it an accident. They always do. You see, your body will be so crushed, no one will think otherwise. After all, we're 40 stories up. That's pretty high. Why are you doing this, Cooper? Why are you undermining and ruining your own company? I see no harm in telling you daily. I'm quite sure it won't get any farther. You see, Intercity will have to sell out Superba for a song. And then I'll get a dividend from Superba for my work. Yes, sir, quite a dividend. So Connie of the Superba is paying you for these killings? Killings? Oh, that's such a crude word, Mr. Daly. You mean, um, accident. However, this is no time to talk. Work's done. I have a new cleaning fluid here in this little bottle. I'm going to demonstrate it to you. Chloroform, huh? They're very clever, Daly. You called your man inside the office on the pretext of demonstrating a new window cleaning fluid. Then you knocked him out with the chloroform and dumped the poor devils out of the window. And you knew that even if there were a coroner's inquest, nothing would come of it. Because chloroform is almost impossible to detect in an autopsy. You're too clever, Mr. Daly, much too clever. Naturally, I knew you'd never fall for a pretext like that. That's why I brought this gun, just to be sure. I wouldn't turn around if I were you. You feel no pain. It's just like going to sleep. <laughs> My eyes! My eyes! <sighs> Try to blind me with that sponge, will you? <laughs> you missed, Cooper! <laughs> there goes your gun. Now it's either you or me. I, I can't see you. But I can hear you, Daly. Once I get my hands on you... Cooper, look out! The window! I strangled you to death, Daly! Cooper! I can you to... Oh! Well, Steve, they caught Connie at the airport. 
He booked passage for the West, trying to make a getaway. Well, that seems to tie it all up, Maggie. Especially where Cooper was concerned. When a person falls 40 stories to the street, whew, well, there wasn't any doubt. You know, there's one thing I don't understand, though. Cooper was walking up to you with a gun and a cough soaked in chloroform, isn't that right? That's right. Well, then how did you manage to turn around and close with him before he could fire that gun? Well, you see, Maggie, I was facing the window and I saw his reflection in the glass. My hands were up and the sponge was in my right hand. It was soaked with soapy water and ammonia. Ammonia? Yes. Oh, when I saw Cooper coming at me from behind, I had to take a long chance. He was about three feet away from me when I flipped the sponge backward. Luckily, it caught him square in the face and blinded him temporarily. And the rest, you know. Mm-hmm. Hello? Uh, oh. Mm. Yes. We'll be right up. Who's that? The boss, B.S. Sanford, probably wants us to start on another investigation. Well... If he does, I hope it's in a nice deep subway this time. From shadows and stillness, mystery weaves a spell of strangest fascination, charging the mind with doubts and fears. For mystery is a strange companion, a living memory in the haunting hour.